Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we have one of the things that I like the best in the world today. We have a repeat guest. I love it when my guests come on again because it means that they had so much great information that we just couldn't get it all done in an hour. And you know, and, and this is really going to be important because for my guest, we're going to be talking about making sure your business is successful in the coming year. So it's perfect that we have this in January. So please join me in welcoming Larry Mandelberg back to our program today. Larry, how are you? Deb, I am fabulous and I am thrilled to be back. I can't wait. Perfect. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you. So Larry Mandelberg is a serial entrepreneur who solves complex business problems. He provides leadership team development, change mentoring, strategic planning, executive coaching, and ethics training to mid-sized organizations and their boards through his consulting practice. He is also the author of Businesses Don't Fail, They Commit Suicide, How to Survive Success and Thrive in Good Times and Bad. Larry has launched four startups, led a merger, and conducted a successful turnaround. Among his 13 businesses, he's also had the unfortunate pleasure of suffering a business suicide firsthand. And I have to say, I went to your LinkedIn profile today, and I love the little sentence that you have at the very start. It says, if change is causing your staff grief, frustration, baldness, or acne, I can help. After all, nobody likes change done unto them. Everybody likes change they do unto others. And I know how to flip that script. So again, Larry, welcome. Deb, I, I just can't tell you how much fun it is to come and to share some some wisdom and some knowledge. I think of myself as this um, this bucket, this accumulator, this magnet that okay. goes out into the universe and looks for information that's helpful and and you know bundles it up and mm -hmm. takes it to other people. It's it's kind of like that first Star Trek movie mm -hmm. where V'ger went out, just yep. gathered all the knowledge in mm -hmm. the universe. That's kind of what I feel like. So this right. is just, it's a gift for me to be able to do this. So thank you. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit more about how it is that you got to where you are today. Well, you know, my life story, it's kind of fascinating. For most of us, it starts with something our parents do or our mm -hmm. parents say, and that's what happened with me. Right. My my dad said to me, we were in the auto parts business, and mm -hmm. I'm fifth generation in this family-owned business. We mm -hmm. started in hides and furs in the 1850s, mm -hmm. which for some reason people find fascinating, but it's true. And we got into the auto parts business, and, and my dad said to me when I was a teenager, he says, how in the world is it that we went from zero car manufacturers to over 300 and then back down to three in 20 years? Wow. Well, mm -hmm. he was wrong in terms of the 
quite the numbers in the years, mm-hmm. but it was fast. It was close. We we did have little big little. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was radical. It was amazing. And personally, I really didn't care. Mm-hmm. But what I did care about was why do businesses fail? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I don't know. I guess I always had that entrepreneurial blood in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always fascinated by all these startups and how come they all fail so often? Why are mm-hmm. startups so prone to failure? And people would say things to me like, if a startup makes it three years, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's just stupid mm-hmm. because people invest money in these things and that's valuable money. It's not money to throw away. And mm-hmm. if they keep doing it and they keep failing after three years, people mm-hmm. are going to say, well, there's got to be something going on. What is right. it? And figure it out and teach people how to not do that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then they started saying, if you make it five years. And I thought, okay, you people are not paying attention. You're just looking, <laughs> you're just not listening and you're not thinking and that question why do business fail has kind of been the fabric of my life Mm -hmm. you know you think about a quilt and how you sew things to a Mm -hmm. quilt and you enhance it that's really kind of been the fabric of my life Mm -hmm. um all these businesses that i've owned and basically other than a few stints in college i've never really worked for a company that i didn't own which is pretty uncommon and right. it gives me some advantages, but mm-hmm. it also gives me some blind spots. There's no question that there's some, 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 some obstacles that I face there, but all of those journeys have led me to this pursuit of understanding why businesses fail. Mm-hmm. And and let me just flip that a little bit because that's a little negative. Mm-hmm. I really only care because I don't want them to fail. Right. And if I can find out why they fail, and I can tell people mm-hmm. why they fail, I can help them understand what they need to do to be mm-hmm. successful and what they need to stop doing mm-hmm. that's going to cause them to fail. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of my background. And that's been my North Star for, mm, I'm 66 now, so it's mm-hmm. been close to just over 50 years that mm-hmm. I've been chasing this goose, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, you know, I think it, 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 you know, there's, there's so many challenges in this, um, you know, and, and, and it's, it's funny because businesses, they, it, they don't always fail. They just kind of fade and wither away, but there's so many things that they, they spend many, many years struggling. And mm-hmm. I think that's the more important thing is how in the heck do we get them past that stage to, to where they can be successful? So why do you, you know, why do you find that businesses struggle? Well, simple question, complicated answer. Um, businesses struggle because the people who are making the decisions often are faced with situations that they're unfamiliar with. Mm particularly if the business is successful, mm-hmm. that that lack of familiarity comes in two forms. And, and it always comes. It's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. You can't be in charge of a business without having this happen. Some people are better at it. Some people are not. But it, mm-hmm. it happens to every business leader. Mm-hmm. Those two things come at you in, in two ways. Mm-hmm. First, 
if you're successful, that success brings change. Mm -hmm. So I talk about a thing. Good and bad. Mm -hmm. Change. Mm -hmm. Every piece of, there's there's always change Mm -hmm. and there's good pieces and bad pieces Mm -hmm. and you got to focus on the good. Mm -hmm. So this thing I call the arc of success, which talks about how organizations evolve. Mm -hmm. And, And it starts with an idea. Mm-hmm. And when you get an idea and try it, if it's successful, it creates growth through demand, right? People want more. Mm-hmm. As you as you create growth or demand, the environment gets more complex, mm-hmm. right? It's harder to serve 30 people than to serve three. Mm-hmm. It's harder to serve 300 people than 30. Mm-hmm. It's harder to deliver 40 products than four products, mm-hmm. right? It, it's growth. So it becomes right. more complex. Mm-hmm. As complexity increases, the only way to manage that are controls. Mm -hmm. When you put controls in place, you take away flexibility. Mm, Right. So what you have is change that occurs over time, attempt, success, growth, complexity, controls, lack of flexibility. Mm -hmm. That makes people crazy. And as you go through all those stages, situations arise where you have to make decisions. And those decisions are usually things that the decision makers have never dealt with before. Ah. They make the right decision, they win. They make the wrong decision, they lose. Mm-hmm. As as uh, as um, uh, Sam Walton used to say, um, the way I got so smart was by making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's the only way you learn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because if it thing, goes well, you're like, whoa, yay, okay. <laughs> I did everything right. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that there was something you could have done wrong. Mm-hmm. The second thing that happens, and this is a universal truth, I call this the universal conflict. And it's existed since the first caveman bartered with the, the second caveman. Mm-hmm. The world is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. That's never going to stop. Right. The world is in is a perpetual motion machine that is going to change every second of every moment of every day mm-hmm. from now until eternity. Businesses want stability. Mm-hmm. Businesses right. want, want stasis. Mm-hmm. Businesses want continuity. They want dependability. Mm-hmm. They want predictability. Businesses want no change. Mm-hmm. So right, because they can plan for exactly. no change. Exactly. So businesses yearn for stasis Mm -hmm. and they can't exist in anything but an environment of total change. Mm -hmm. So that's the second way that people are forced to make decisions. Mm -hmm. I can't keep doing what we're doing. I have to change because the world is forcing me to. Mm -hmm. What change do I make? Right. So those are the two things that people do that are highly stressful and risky Mm -hmm. and that lack of experience is where all the trouble is Mm -hmm. born right and most of the time people don't really think about how to make better decisions with things they don't have experience with Mm -hmm. right yeah because say they're the business owner or you know leader they don't want to admit they don't know you know, because that's, you know, and, and, and so that's where we see, you know, like you said, that's where they make the the mistakes. They don't want to say, I need help. 
I don't know how to do this. You know, it's not, we're not saying they're stupid or that they can't do this. We're just saying, okay, maybe you've never had to hire 20 people at one time and you have no HR department or, you know, apply for a huge loan or negotiate a new lease. I mean, all of those things, those are things that come with growing and, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with saying I need help, but that's the hitch is most people will not say I need help. Yeah, it's true. And there's an interesting, another one of those interesting catch 22s that I love. Most leaders have the misguided notion that they're supposed to know the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. And most leaders get in that role the first time they're in it. And often the first time they're in a new role Mm -hmm. and they say, man, I don't know if I've bitten off more than I can Mm -hmm. chew. And I get a little flat from people about this until I say to them, remember Marlon Brando used to get sick every time he went on stage. And they said to him, don't you ever get comfortable? Don't you ever Mm -hmm. get calm? So, I mean, you've done this your whole life. Why do you still get sick? Mm -hmm. He goes, if I'm ever not nervous about a performance, that's when I quit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he always wanted to. So there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being nervous and mm-hmm. questioning whether you're able. Mm-hmm. So there's this old saying that says, if you find somebody that's smarter than you, hire them. That's mm-hmm. what you want. You want right. a company full of people mm-hmm. smarter than you. Mm-hmm. So then answer me this. If I'm a successful leader and I'm hiring people smarter than me, mm-hmm. why am I so afraid to ask them for help? Yeah, that's the thing. You hire you them to do something and then you? you don't let them do it. Or you don't ask them. Mm-hmm. Right. They're too smart. I don't mm-hmm. want to look like a dummy. I'll mm-hmm. go find somebody dumber than mm-hmm. me who shouldn't know it and I'll mm-hmm. see what they have to say. Right. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. But but you have to appreciate that no matter who you are, how smart, how good, mm-hmm. how emotionally intelligent you are, it's human nature mm-hmm. to be put in a position of authority and to feel either guilt mm-hmm. or fear, mm-hmm. and am I up to the task, and to want to step lightly mm-hmm. and not make big decisions and not look like you don't know what you're doing. Right. It's hard mm-hmm. to right. do that. Yeah. You know, and we do it in other things of life. You of know, we, do. we don't know how to join, change the oil on our car, so we hire somebody to do it. We don't know how to have someone operate on our bodies. And so we have someone who's smarter do it. We don't know how to do our own taxes. So we hire somebody to do it. And, you know, and, and there's, we don't think twice about it, right? You know, right. I'm not going to try and, and change my own oil. Uh, you know, uh, why would I? I'm going to break my car and it's going to cost me even more. Um, but, you know, I might think, well, I can't, you know, I can't make a major change at my company. And and I, then I break the company. Right. Absolutely right. It's It's really kind of a frustrating thing to see how people create huge problems mm-hmm. out of nothing. Mm-hmm just because they're afraid to make a decision or afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and you talked about the status quo. I mean, you know, I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest things that we see is people, you know, they like where they are They're And maybe they're doing very well where they are. They're paying the bills. They've got bonuses, you know, all of these various things, but all we have to do is say, think Kodak 
think Blockbuster, because that's what happened to them, right? They both thought they're on the top of the world. Yeah, Sears. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then Sears was strange enough to buy Kmart, which made it worse, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they thought that they, and they were doing well. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, they were the industry leaders, all of those various things. But because they refused to even acknowledge that there was change coming, they got run over. Right. Well, they lost connection mm-hmm. with their market. Mm-hmm. And their market kept evolving. Right. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the products and services that they sold mm-hmm. were of no value to their market. Because right. their market had moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you mention VHS to a good portion of people, they're not going to know what you're talking about, right? right? I mean, even if you talk about DVDs, you right. know, they, they're still not, you know, and 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 yeah, you know, Blockbuster, they knew that there was this little thing called Netflix, but you know, it, and it, and it's one of those where when you look back at it now, it's kind of like <laughs> we can't understand it because they said, I remember things where they were saying, why would people want to make this easier? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, so I want to watch a movie when it's say five below zero. I don't want to have to go in my car or maybe it's you know hundred degrees. I don't want to have to get dressed. I don't want to have to go into my, you know, get in my car. I don't want to have to drive to Blockbuster. I don't want to have to discover that one's not there. It's already been rented. When I can just poke a couple buttons on my computer, my phone, my whatever, and get the movie I wanted. Um, you know, and, and, but yeah, they, it's, it is, it's one of those where you, when you look back at it, it's like, really, how come you didn't think this was going to happen? Well, it's, you know, it's a lot of it is hubris. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's, it's a combination of, and it's amazing to me how often it happens with the leader, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's we're the best, we're the biggest mm-hmm. people aren't going to change mm-hmm. if we don't change. Mm-hmm. So we're not ready to change. So we're right. not going to change yet. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, you mentioned Blockbuster, my favorite, and you mentioned VHS. Mm-hmm. My favorite is when Sony came out with Betamax mm-hmm. and VHS. Right. And Sony was better mm-hmm. by a mile. Right. And they refused to adapt to what the market wanted mm-hmm. and VHS won. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Same thing with Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple refused to adapt to the market. It was a mm-hmm. better machine. Mm-hmm. In, in almost every single respect mm-hmm. and refused to adapt to the market initially mm-hmm. and IBM won. Right. You know, and that's why today most of the business world is a PC-based mm-hmm. IBM environment. Not right. all of it. You know, right. Mac came back, Apple came back. Mm-hmm. They, they have other ways. They've, they've attacked the market in different ways. You've got they these little phones. Mm-hmm. But, but th- you know, you don't see a lot of Mac computers on desktops. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of iPhones. You mm-hmm. see a lot of smartwatches, mm-hmm. and and they were such a better product, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and of course, a big part of that was, you know, the, obviously the cost because they were so much more expensive. Right. Um, but but the the one of the ways they also refused to adapt was working with the software vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so the people who wrote. Yeah, whatever your word processing program was or whatever it was, when they couldn't work with Apple, then they said, okay, well, we'll go over here to to these other people and work with them. And that's what happened. 
it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And, you know, um, since we last spoke, I have um, gotten two new clients, which is very rare for me. I, I don't have a lot of clients by choice mm-hmm. because I, I spend a lot of time with my clients. There's right. a lot of personal attention mm-hmm. that they get. And I, you know, one new client a year is kind of a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So two in one year is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been fascinating to me to see how some of the stuff I've watched in the past. I, I got out of it a little bit. You know, I wasn't in the soup. I was able to get out of the forest and see it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back with these people that are in the forest. And to see some of what they're doing mm-hmm. is fascinating. W- one of these clients um, uh, is a law firm. And, mm-hmm. and law firms are, they're kind of proprietary mm-hmm. because you have little fiefdoms in a law right. firm. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about larger law firms, mm-hmm. law firms with multiple Mm-hmm. practice areas right mm-hmm. not a two or three person firm right 30 there's 50, there's 80, you know your yeah the, the various specialties mm-hmm. exactly exactly and there are people who lead those and mm-hmm. you know they generate a lot of revenue and they have a lot of power and they tend to dictate what goes on mm-hmm. in the law firm right and interestingly enough in a law firm the loudest voice usually carries the biggest hammer mm-hmm. and Often the person with the biggest book of business carries the biggest right. hammer. Mm-hmm. And if that person is in conflict with the future, mm-hmm. you have a real a real problem mm-hmm. because you have a, you know a pillar of your business, a cornerstone of your business, mm-hmm. a big chunk of revenue that's causing the business to head down a path of failure. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the the this the the managing shareholder of this firm the other day. And um, we were talking about how do you deal with this? How do you mm-hmm. deal with the one guy out of 10 who literally says no yeah. to everything I want to do? Yeah. It's my you know, way or not. And everything I want to do, he's saying to me, is the things you're telling me I have to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he says, well, what do you do? I say, well, here's what you do. You, and and, and I, I share this because it's a part of change management. This is a piece Right. If you're going to be in an environment that's constantly changing, you better damn well figure out how to manage change. Mm-hmm. And there are there are there are proven methodologies for doing it. And the most effective and the most widely recognized, and the one that I subscribe to, has a five-step process that starts with awareness and desire. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I, you say to him, we'll just call him Joe. Mm-hmm. It's not his name. In fact, I don't know his name, but we'll say Joe. So managing shareholder, that's me. I go to Joe and I say, Joe, listen, I want to make sure you understand something. Change is a coming. She's mm-hmm. a coming around the corner and there's no way to stop it. Mm-hmm. I can't stop it. You can't stop it. We can't stop it. We can shut the firm down, but that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to adapt and we're going to accommodate this change. And I want you to know that I really hope that you want to stay on board with us mm-hmm. because and I know Joe's hard, like, um, because <laughs> I know how hard it is for you to change mm-hmm. and I know how much you don't like change, mm-hmm. but we don't have an option. Right. And then what does Joe say? He says, well, then fine. I'll wait. And you say, okay, mm-hmm. but he isn't going to say that. Right. right. He's going to try and get his way. Mm-hmm. And that's when you say, well, think about, 
all the things we've been frustrated by that mm. this change will let us fix. Mm. And think about all the things that this change is going to give us the opportunity mm -hmm. to do that we've always wanted to and never been able to. Mm -hmm. I just know how much you wanted to be a part of doing that in the past and mm -hmm. we've never been able to do it. Right. Stroke his ego. I just hope you're going to be here with us tomorrow mm -hmm. as we d embark on this new path. Mm -hmm. And I know how hard it's going to be if you stay. And I'm here to support you all the mm -hmm. way. And that's why I'm here, because mm -hmm. you need to know, I didn't want to blindside you right. that this is coming. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh my goodness, what a difference in perspective. Right. That makes. Yeah. It's because inevitable. you got Joe on your side, or well, he, Joe looked like, you know, a putz. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's got to be presented in the light that it's inevitable. It cannot mm -hmm. be avoided. Right. Yeah, and because if it can be avoided, it, if it's not inevitable, then why do it? Exactly. Exactly. And and that's a big deal. And mm -hmm. that's part of what 2024 is bringing, mm -hmm. in my view, to the world that we're living in and the world as mm -hmm. it's going to be in the future. Mm -hmm. um, you're... Your business people are going to be facing a changing environment. We are starting to see the millennials are starting to take over into leadership roles. Mm -hmm. And prior to this, they really weren't. They were right. employees. Mm -hmm. And people would say, I don't know how to talk to these people. Uh, <laughs> they want to live well and they want to do well. They want to make money and they want to have their own time. They want to have work-life balance. They want to be wealthy. but they don't want to put in the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have to hold their hand through everything. I have to tell them step one, step two, step three, all the way to step mm -hmm. 27. Got to pat them on the back every mm -hmm. time they do the mm -hmm. next step. Right. Because that's that's people. what they want. They want that acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. That's what the current or the recently current leadership thinks they want. Mm -hmm. But they don't understand them. And they're now coming into a time when they're going to start taking over in mm -hmm. leadership roles, and that game ain't going to fly. Right. People are going to have to learn how to deal with these people. And what they care about more than anything that they will not sacrifice mm -hmm. is if I'm going to put myself into a position where I'm committing part of my life. Mm -hmm to some activity mm -hmm. that has to be an activity that I endorse, mm -hmm. that I embrace, right. that I support, mm -hmm. that I believe. Right. Yeah. When we talked last time, I talked a lot about purpose. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm running into now. Mm -hmm. This right. law firm is starting to have a lot of their younger associates say, mm -hmm. we don't want to be here. We don't know what we stand for. We don't mm -hmm. know what we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. It's because they don't have clarity of purpose. Mm -hmm. This is right. a multi-million dollar firm. They've been around mm -hmm. for 60 plus years. Mm -hmm. Right. And they don't have that. Mm -hmm. And right. those people coming to work have to have that passion. Mm -hmm. I want to be part of doing something bigger than me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm telling everybody listening to this out there, every employer, if you can't make a pitch for people to come work for you to achieve something mm -hmm. bigger than themselves, 
you're not going to be able to recruit long-term talent. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because in the past, what the goal was, was make money. Right. Right? You know, and, and I mean, and obviously they have to do that. If they don't do that, they don't exist. I mean, you know, there's, there is that, but in many cases it was, we don't care how we do it. Right. Um, You know, and, and, you know, we, and, and we certainly don't care why we're doing it. We just want more money. And, you know, and, and the people who fuss about millennials, I'm, I always laugh because I'm like, well, y'all raised them. I mean, you, know, right. you, you told, you know, somehow that's how they thought this is important. And, you know, even if their purpose is, you know, it, it might not be saving the world. I mean, you know, it might be, we want to sell X number of something. I mean, you know, we want to be the best at whatever. I mean, you know, it, it can be, a, you know, all sorts of different reasons, but right. they want to know what it is, not just we want to make money, um, you know, and, and I mean, I remember, and obviously they still do this, but, you know, how important it was to be on the Forbes lists, you know, the top 100, the top 50, the top whatever. And now, of course, some of those really important lists are the best places to work for. And they've got all those other things like, you know, flexible time, which everybody really likes now after COVID, right? You know, they don't want to, they want flex time, they want work from home, all of those things. But they also, you know, maybe, maybe it is still that they want childcare. They want, you know, all sorts of things. They want those extra things. And, and the thing that people forget is when you, it's kind of like happy wife, happy life. If your employees are happy, your company is more than likely going to be successful. Absolutely. Am I smart? Did I say it? (laughs) You you, You hit it. You nailed it, girl. It's, uh, it's fascinating. I, um. I, I wish I could get that message across to more people. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's magic when it happens. Mm-hmm. It's just magic, right? You know, and it really is. You know, it, it is very different. You know, the baby boomer generation. We, you know, and and I'm at the tail end of that. Um, you know, and and so I'm I'm a little, you know, you know, not quite as much. But the whole baby boomer generation was: you get a job. You go to work. Um, I tell people, I think it was Dunkin' Donuts. Get up, you know, get up at two, make the donuts, make the donuts, make the donuts. I mean, you know, you didn't know why you were just told get up, make the donuts. Um, and and it, you, your purpose might have actually been to get that gold watch, uh, you know, stay there your whole career, do whatever it was and never ask questions, Right. right. That that was one of the biggies is, you know, even if you saw that something was going wrong or something could be done better. No, no, you did not question management. And now the millennials are like, excuse me, excuse me. Hello. Have you? <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's and and that's where we're seeing all of these really successful companies who are listening to their employees. They're empowering right. them to do things. You know all of those various things, and and when they don't do it, then they have issues. I mean, you know, we could we could talk Twitter X, whatever the heck its name is, um, you know, because he, you know they're, they're still trying to to rule with that iron fist, and people are like, nah, we'll go work somewhere else. Right. Well, and you know, you're 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 saying about the the millennials are saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why? Right. They're not saying no. Right. Yes. If if you can answer that why, they're like, okay. 
they're saying, I want to know what we're doing and I want to know why. I want right. to know what the end goal here mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And that's the magic of having that clarity mm-hmm. of purpose. Right. Right. And you gave some examples. Let me let me be uh, an unabashed self-promoter. Okay. Page 101. Mm-hmm. This is a, a vision from one of my clients. We have become the 21st century model for sustainable farming in harmony with the environment. Now think about that for a minute. It's not organic farming. Mm-hmm. It's sustainable farming. Sustainable. Mm-hmm. Meaning we can do this and we're in harmony with the environment. Mm-hmm. So we're keeping the earth safe. Mm-hmm. We're feeding the world. And we are the model. Mm-hmm. So anybody that wants to do this says, who's doing it better? Who's mm-hmm. doing it best? We are. Mm-hmm. Is that a big, hairy, audacious goal? Of oh, course yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. But is that something that a farmer or somebody who's interested mm-hmm. in agriculture is going to say, Oh, I want to be part of that. Right. I don't want to do that. I want to build that model. I want to show people how to do this. I believe Mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. That's a a purpose. Mm -hmm. Let me give you another one. This is another one of my clients. The blank, I'm going to give you their name, is the recognized leader in developing world-class behavioral health programs and systems. Now, they're not that today. There is no recognized leader. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there is no leader because behavioral health systems only really started getting attention with Obamacare, Mm -hmm. the Affordable Care Act, Mm -hmm. when healthcare, when mental healthcare was mandated to be Mm -hmm. part of all health coverage programs. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know that mental health was never a part of your health insurance prior to ACA, the Affordable Mm -hmm. Care Act. We are the recognized leader in developing world-class behavioral health programs and systems. If you care about people and you care about Mm -hmm. people who have mental health problems Mm -hmm. and you care about the mental Mm well-being of society, don't you want to be part of a company that's developing that's the recognized leader of world-class right. Yeah, you're not going to say, well, I don't want to do that. So that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If companies don't have that clarity of purpose, mm-hmm. what are you going to sell people on? The people mm-hmm. that you need to do the work. Mm-hmm. Right. You want to be part of a company that's creating the model for sustainable farming? Or do you want to go plant crops mm-hmm. and harvest them? Right. Or, or do you just want to be outside? That's okay too. But we're right, trying yeah. to do something. And those are all options that people are going to choose. Right. And, and and when you get that kind of emotional buy-in, mm-hmm. then that individual, what does that individual say when they're not working? Somebody says, What do you do? I'm helping develop the model for sustainable farming in mm-hmm. harmony with the environment. Right. Oh man, Larry. Tell me more. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Where are you working? How long mm-hmm. have you been there? What's it like? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that creates a greater sense of of, of import mm-hmm. and value and meaning. It mm-hmm. feeds that need for meaning. Right. And when you have people that are on board with you, what happens? They stay. Mm-hmm. 
And, and they bring listen, they bring other good people in. They, they bring other good people mm-hmm. in. Guess what else? They have great ideas. Mm-hmm. Right. So you might as well ask them and listen to mm-hmm. them, which creates another strong bond mm-hmm. and gets over that. What do you think we should do when we don't know what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Let's get other people who are as interested in success and making the right decision as we can mm-hmm. and get those brains together and help collaborate on mm-hmm. the right decision. Right. You know, and again, when it's going in the right direction like that, the profits will follow. Now, you know, it might it might not be the, you know, people are going to go out and buy new Jaguar type of profits because you might also be rolling the profits back in. I mean, you know, there's right. there's all sorts of different models for that. But more importantly, it will be a success. And you know, and I, and I think that's you know back to what I was saying before. People have got to stop thinking only about profit, profit, profit. Well, let me give you just a slightly different perspective on that. Okay. We live in a for-profit society. Mm-hmm. We have bills have, we have to pay. I don't have any problem with people mm-hmm. wanting profit. I don't even have a problem with people wanting profit first. Right. But what I do know is that if that's your purpose, you can't be sustainable. Right. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you want something that's sustainable, Mm -hmm. generation after Mm generation, generational leadership, Mm -hmm. sustainability, and I don't mean family businesses. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you look at companies where leadership has transitioned. You look at Disney, right? Mm -hmm. Went from Walt Disney to a whole bunch of different people. And Disney has never really faltered. Mm-hmm. They've right. changed. They've modified. There have been mm-hmm. new CEOs, new leadership teams. Even when COVID hit, mm-hmm. you know, this was in the in Barron's. This was a big deal. And Barron's wrote about it. How mm-hmm. if you think about Disney, their primary form of revenue came from being large groups of people in right. close contact in small mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. And what that wasn't going to happen said, for a year. Mm-hmm. That's over. Mm-hmm. No more. Mm-hmm. So they just literally had the entire rug pulled out from underneath mm-hmm. them overnight. Mm-hmm. The stock collapsed. People figured Disney wasn't going to survive. Mm-hmm. The leadership team came together. They brainstormed. And by the end of 2020, they were hitting peaks on the market mm-hmm. again because they changed their business model. Mm-hmm. Because they understand, stood what their purpose was. Mm-hmm. And their purpose wasn't selling tickets to amusement parks. Mm-hmm. Right? So that leadership really has to understand what their purpose is so that you can get others on board and bring that collective wisdom together mm-hmm. to make it through the tough times. Again, I have no problem with profit. Right. But what I love to say, what I say to people all the time, and I usually get I usually get a kind of a crooked mm-hmm. is profit without purpose mm-hmm. is pointless. Right. Right. It's- you know, and because, yeah, we, we, you have to have profit. I mean, you know, it, if you're, and there are companies, there are many companies, you know, doesn't matter what size they are that are breaking even, you know, we're, right. we're not talking about those that are losing money. There are many that are just basically breaking even. That's, you know, they might be happy with that, but if they have to make a change, they're not going to have the the resources, whether it's That's people, right. money, whatever, to do that, um, you know, and, and, and those are the companies that, like we were saying, they're the ones that are happy just being on this plateau. You know, we, we like where we are here. 
We've got just enough money to do what we need to be doing. And then say COVID hits or, you know, some catastrophic thing happens, or more importantly, maybe there's a big innovation, um, right. you know, and, and, and they do not have the resources to be able to keep up with that. Right. So, so let me, let me take that thought about profit and jump shift it to two other segments of our business world in this country, because mm-hmm. there's three areas where business is done, right? Right. There's the for-profit world, mm-hmm. there's the not-for-profit mm-hmm. world, and then there's the government world, mm-hmm. or the public sector. Right. They still have to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I tell people a non-profit doesn't mean no profit. It, exactly. It means those profits don't get given to shareholders. Mm-hmm. They stay in the company. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to operate at a zero profit, but mm-hmm. you need to accumulate some revenue so that you can adapt to change when need be. But they don't call it profit. And what I call it is budget funding, mm-hmm. right? You're g- generating revenue in whatever way you choose to generate revenue mm-hmm. to fund your budget, but you still have to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. You still have to have a purpose. And it's right. the same with government, right? Mm-hmm. You charge taxes. Mm-hmm. Those taxes are how we fund government. Mm-hmm. But all of those government agencies, have a purpose mm-hmm. and they have a desire to fulfill that purpose. Mm-hmm. And people say, I could never work for the government. Well, you know, there's an awful lot of people that want to serve mm-hmm. people. Right. And that's what government does. Mm-hmm. It serves people. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't take dangerous jobs like policemen mm-hmm. and firemen in order to just make money. Right. Cause there's they're not many gonna. easier ways to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and they make do it, far more. Mm-hmm. They they do it because they have a passion mm-hmm. for what they're doing, right? And they want to achieve a goal that's bigger mm-hmm. than themselves. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy on that line when that building catches on fire. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one in there that protects the people, mm-hmm. right? I want to be the one that stops the school shooter. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one that protects the citizenry. Mm-hmm. So this concept. Of, Occasionally, I'll get pushback and I'll say, well, this doesn't work in all areas. And I'll say, well, it does. I've I've used it with representatives on a federal level, House mm-hmm. members. Um, I've used it with education. Mm-hmm. I've used it with um, uh, charter schools. I've used it with, um, what do you call them? The, the, um, oh, what they call them? the, the community colleges. Oh, mm-hmm. I've used it with community colleges. Mm-hmm. I've used it with state colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used it with government, other government agencies. I've, it, it works everywhere. It's not mm-hmm. just a for-profit model. Right. This is about creating an organization that's cohesive, that's connected, that's co- that communicates, mm-hmm. that understands what they're doing, and execute. Mm-hmm. It's about having a purpose, enjoying your job, going to work with a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And no, there is no perfect job. Right. Right. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect house. There's no mm-hmm. perfect spouse. Perfection doesn't live in our world, mm-hmm. right? And it'd be boring if it did, right? And it'd be boring if it did. But what you want to do is find something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. that you can stick with mm-hmm. and really make a change. Right. And be recognized for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk more about purpose because it's not the mission statement on the wall. No. Um, you know, and, and I think that's what so many people think is that's they, they think they're the same thing. So 
you know, and, and, you know, of course we, we love the, the mission statements that are on the wall or the business plans that get made and get put away. And, you know, you, you blow the dust off of them every once in a while, but, but yeah, it is, so te- you know, it, why isn't a purpose just the mission statement or, you know, the, the plans that we have? That's a great question. And I've got a great answer. So this comes out of 23 years of primary research. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a statistically valid sample size of a very specific demographic. It's mm-hmm. basically mid-sized businesses with multiple layers of management that are not focused on retail. Mm-hmm. Now, I say that because I had to get the group small enough so I could manage it. Right. And one of the things I pulled out of that group was retail. So mm-hmm. this, I haven't tested it in the retail environment. Mm-hmm. But what what the research showed me was that <clears throat> there are three pieces of purpose. The first piece of purpose is that piece I was talking about before. What do we want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. We want to be the model. Right. We want to be the recognized leader. Mm-hmm. We want to be the go-to. Whatever it is, it is. We want recognition in this area. Mm-hmm. We want to be the place where people with handicaps can go and get a job anytime, no matter what the handicap is, mm-hmm. and feel valued and be valuable, mm-hmm. right? Build a company around that. That's that's the cornerstone. That's what I call the vision. It's okay. the inwardly focused piece. Mm-hmm. This is what we want to be when we grow up. This is why I want to be part of this company. This mm-hmm. is what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. I want to help this company achieve it. That's the first part. The second part, by the way, none of these are more important than the other. Mm-hmm. Without all three pillars, the stool don't stand. Mm-hmm. Okay? The second part, is the outward focus piece. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what most people call the mission statement. Right. Mission statement has three components. What is the value we deliver? Mm-hmm. Who is that value for? Mm-hmm. And how do we give it to them? Mm-hmm. We do this for so-and-so by doing that. Right. That's your mission statement. Mm-hmm. So now I know what we're trying to build and I know what value we give to other people. I know who they are. I know what the value is and I know how we give it to them. But there's a third piece that's missing. And that is how do we want to behave as a company? Ah. How do we want to act as a company? Mm-hmm. What kind of an environment do we want to live in as mm-hmm. we're working? What are the values that we share Mm -hmm. that are universal and none of us are willing to sacrifice them? Mm -hmm. And if you you take, and diversity is critical. I want to make this as a disclaimer. A company that's not diverse, and I mean ethnically diverse, sexual preference diverse, gender diverse, cultural diversity, Mm -hmm. age diversity, every kind of diversity you can get, will make your company stronger. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, mm-hmm. if you understand that they all bring some form of value. Right. So when you grow up, you're taught values. And those values, you, whether they change or not, they end up getting solidified. And when you become an adult, at some point in your life, somebody says, do that. And you say, I don't do that. 
Mm-hmm. That's against my values. Right. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Well, so the key is to find out what those values that are undeniable mm-hmm. for each person in the company mm-hmm. and find the common ones. Mm, okay. Find the ones we all share. We don't have to share all of them. Right. But we have to share some of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of my favorite values is that we are constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Now, that to me is one of the things that I always use to hire people. Mm-hmm. You have a passion for learning. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a passion for learning, you don't want to be here because mm-hmm. we are constantly learning mm-hmm. as a company and everybody here loves it. Mm-hmm. And if that's not something you value, you will not be happy here. Yeah. You're going to be going, ugh, ugh, I do not want to do that. Mm-hmm. One of our values, and I started this in the late 80s, and these values have been with me, mm-hmm. there's seven of them for, what's that, 40 plus years, mm-hmm. is we depend on teamwork. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I realize that whatever I'm trying to do can't be done without somebody's help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little bit of help. Sometimes it's a lot of help. Sometimes we need 20 of us. Mm-hmm. But I always want all the help I can get, and I want to give all the help I can give. Mm-hmm. We depend on teamwork. Mm-hmm. And one of our values, we had seven, those are two. The third one is, and this was one my employees brought me probably eight years after I first instituted the list of six. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have a value around having fun? And I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think it should be? And they said, how about we have a value that says we always strive to have fun? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we have to. Right. But it means if we can do something and have fun, we're going to. Mm-hmm. And I said, done. And that became our seventh value. So you asked me, I want to bring you back. What is purpose? Why is purpose mm-hmm. more than a mission statement? Because you have to have. This is what we're building as a company. This has nothing to do with our customers. This is what we're building as a company. Mm -hmm. This is what we're trying to change. This is the world we're trying to create. How do you do it? We bring this value to these people in this manner. Great. Mm -hmm. I got the outward. I got the inward. But how do I want to be treated? And Mm -hmm. how do I want to treat you? Mm -hmm. And how do we want to treat our customers? And how do we want our customers to treat us? That's the values. And let me give you the the magic. Here's the last little piece of magic. That's the ribbon on top. When you have a command and control environment, don't ask, do what you're told. Mm -hmm. Military. Right. People can't move without getting permission. Mm -hmm. When you have a rules-based environment, You always have to know all the rules Mm -hmm. and it's impossible to make a rule for every single circumstance. Right. And the rules change. And if you try, you'll be flooded with so many rules Mm -hmm. that you'll try to figure out which rule do I follow? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, here's two rules and they both are in conflict. Right. I can't follow both rules. Mm -hmm. So you waste a lot of time trying to figure, am I inside the line Mm -hmm. or am I outside the line? And is it okay to be outside the line this time or not or whatever? Mm -hmm. The third one and this comes from Dove Seidman in his book, How. He, he really nailed this. He took all of my stuff and gave it labels that I love. Mm-hmm. He calls it the should culture. Mm-hmm. And what that means is 
I know what my values are. Mm-hmm. I know what my long-term goal is. I know the value I need to deliver and who my customer is. What should I do? Mm. And now I don't have to think about it mm-hmm. because it's part of my core values. Right. The minute the question comes up, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Guess what that does? It wipes out a massive amount of rules mm-hmm. and it minimizes the need for micromanaging. Mm-hmm. And if everybody's on the same page and shares those same values, moving towards the same long-term goal and serving the same group of clients with the same value, suddenly you have this cohesive group. Mm-hmm. It's unbeatable. Right. Unbeatable. Mm-hmm. That's why mission alone is not enough for purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that so make sense? It, it does. And you mentioned that your employees had come to you. How important is it that they are part of this process? Now, I mean, it, it, it certainly can't be that they're involved with every single thing, you know, and and you have to have a consensus on it because you're never going to get anything done. Um, But how important is it that they feel that they have at least some input in this? Right. Well, it's absolutely critical. And there's really kind of two stages of it. There's the development of it, mm-hmm. and then there's the implementation of it. Mm-hmm. So most of the companies that hire me either have values or they don't have good values. Okay. They either have a vision or they have a bad one. Mm-hmm. They have a mission or they have a bad one. Mm-hmm. And I tell them all the same thing. You have to have the key people in your organization involved in this development. Mm-hmm. If you have 100 people, you can't have 100 people do it. Right, because you're never going to make a decision. It's too many. Mm -hmm. But you got to have the core group, the people Mm -hmm. that you trust, the people that you depend on to run your business. Mm -hmm. This new client I have, oh, my God, what an amazing company. They are so good, and they are so passionate, and they are so Mm -hmm. dedicated, and they are so screwed up. And they came to me and said, please, please, please help us. Mm -hmm. Um, They were given millions and millions of dollars by a state, the state that they're in, Mm -hmm. because what they do is so good. And the state said, we want you to put this all over the state. Ah. State Gave them money, not Mm -hmm. a loan, gave them money and said, we need help. We can't do this. Mm -hmm. We can't scale. Mm -hmm. So I came in and I said, we need to do this purpose stuff. And they said, but we have a vision, a mission, and values. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me see. It's on the wall. Well, (laughs) it wasn't even on the wall. They showed them to me and I said, yeah, that's what these are, and they're not going to work for right. what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And they said, why? And I said, because we've got to get the, the, these five people involved in mm-hmm. the making of them. And they said, now, we, we all know what our purpose is. We all know all of these things you're telling us. We have what, we know what our values are. We know this. We know that. We know this. We know that. So about a month after, and, and I said, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. You'll, you'll find out I'm wrong. Mm-hmm, the right. time will come. Mm-hmm. And so about a month, month. Month and a half after I started, and um, to make a long story short, the 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 CEO did something that I recommended, and they thought it was brilliant, and it, mm-hmm. it was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and they did it, but they didn't tell everybody why they were doing it, uh-huh. and they didn't tell everybody what the purpose was mm-hmm. and why it was being changed, because mm-hmm. it was something that the staff came up with, mm-hmm. and then the CEO changed it, and it was good that she did, but it was how she did it that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. That could I'll say that could have been there. Mm-hmm. So they called they called a 
you know, I call it the come to Jesus meeting. Right. Uh -huh. They called it the staff leadership meeting mm -hmm. where the staff leads the meeting mm -hmm. and the CEO is a is a, the audience. Mm -hmm. And they said, we want to know why you did this. We want to know why you did that. We want to know this. We want to know mm -hmm. that. And we want to know why we part, weren't part of writing that vision. Mm -hmm. Why weren't we part of we, writing that mission? Even if they why agreed with we, it. And they did agree with it. Mm -hmm. Why weren't we part of those values? You're asking us to follow something that we had no say in. Mm -hmm. And that's what the, the CEO said. Do you believe in this stuff? And they said, absolutely, we believe in it. Mm -hmm. But this isn't our the way we think about it. This mm -hmm. isn't our thing. This mm -hmm. is something you told us. Right. We want to create it. We want to be mm -hmm. part of it. So that's the creation process. Mm -hmm. Can't be done without the leadership team. Mm -hmm. Can't be done by one person. Right. Can't be done by two people. Mm -hmm. Now you say, okay, we're successful. Mm -hmm. We're using them. They're deployed. People know them. People believe in them. They understand them. They share them. They follow mm -hmm. them. We model them. We're doing what we say. Mm -hmm. We got new people. Well, they don't get a say in those. Mm -hmm. That's right. But what you do get to do is you get to say, do you want to be a be part of a company that believes in this, that's trying to achieve that, mm -hmm. that serves these customers with these services? Do you believe in these values? So it, they become a recruitment tool. Right. So people you recruit are coming in already bought in. Right. And, and they wouldn't have even interviewed, probably, if they weren't at least part of that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And as they come into the organization, what they bring with them is more experience. Right. And more diversity mm -hmm. and more opportunity mm -hmm. to demonstrate how to do what the company is mm -hmm. trying to do. Right. 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 So immediately you have constantly learning and you bring somebody in who has a different perspective on what that means mm -hmm. and they say i love constantly learning does this what it means mm -hmm. and and you go we never thought about it that way. right that's brilliant mm -hmm. the we what if that's, what if we did it this that's a way. story that's mm -hmm. a story let's share that we just expanded what it means mm -hmm. to be constantly learning mm -hmm. so now they have a piece of it right and it's a constantly growing thing right mm -hmm. Right, and beautiful it, you know, thing to see. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, Larry, we're we're almost out of time, and I and I just keep thinking, you know, we've all been part of those organizations where we're told this is the way you do it, and I mean, for some people, they are they like that. I mean, that is, you know, they you know, but but most people anymore don't. It's like we were saying, you know, millennials and and even us baby boomers, we're like, but 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 but, but <laughs> you know. right. And, you know, and, and so I think that's what's so important is to, you know, we, we bandy about the term empower and, you know, all of those, but, but it is important, you know, people need to know, even if, you know, they say, Hey, I've got this great idea. Here it is. Yada, yada, yada. If they say that's not going to work, then, you know, it's real nice if they say, and here's why, um, because then I'm like, okay, well then I, I feel free to suggest again. If I'm just told, no, that's not going to work, then I'm not going to suggest again. But you know, it, it is about having those those open doors, um, you know, and 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 you know, it doesn't work for every company. I mean, clearly there are some that they have to be. This is the box. This is how we. This is how we make the donuts, um, you know. And and but 
it is, it's so interesting to see how things are changing. And I think COVID really forced that issue, uh, you know, because when people went back in to the offices or at least, you know, they said, we've been thinking about this. What if we did it this way? Or they completely left, you know, right? And and said, I, I'm going to go here because that's what I want. Um, so, you know, it's it's been interesting to kind of see how things have shaken down post-COVID. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, Larry, oh my gosh, it's like I said, we are almost at the top of the hour. We've just, again, scratched the surface. So it just means we have to have you on for another discussion. But until then, how do people find you? How do they work with you? And what are the services that you provide? If they're the one company a year who gets to work with you. (laughs) The thing that's easy to remember, I think, is businesses don't fail. So if you can remember www.businessesdontfail.com, you can find me. Okay. The other way to find me is Mandelberg. If you can remember how to spell that, M-A-N-D-E-L-B-E-R-G dot mm-hmm. biz is the website. Mm-hmm. Um, I strongly encourage people to go to the blog. Mm-hmm. We had a double issue last month. It's only a monthly post, but the, mm-hmm. the, the, the issue last month was how to get honest feedback from your staff. I think your people will really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what we do, there's a, we recently productized our services. Mm-hmm. And I want to point out, I want to highlight three different services. Okay. One of them is called Critical Decision Making for Leaders. Mm-hmm. It's designed for when leaders are faced with critical decisions in unfamiliar situations. Mm-hmm. The second one is called Creating the Holy Grail of Business, mm-hmm. Engagement. And the third one is High-Functioning Boards, How to Create One or Transform Yours. Ah. So those are examples mm-hmm. of the types of work we do for mm-hmm. our clients. And um, we'd love to help anybody. And mm-hmm. we're very easy to reach. We give a lot of free advice. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And and you do, you have great resources. And then of course you do have the book. Um, businesses don't fail, they commit suicide, how to survive success and thrive in good times and bad. Uh, so you know, it's it's a it's a great resource. I've now, you know, looked at it twice since I've I've talked with you twice. Um, and it is, it's a great resource with lots of great information. Yeah, a lot of stories in there. It's mm-hmm. a very it's it's a much easier book to read than most business books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because it is. It's more stories than you should do it this way type of of thing. Yep. Well, oh my gosh, Larry. You know, like I said, this really has been great. And we will have you on again. But until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? You know, I want to leave leaders because that's who I speak to. I want to leave leaders with a final thought. And it's it's may sound a little dark, and I don't want it to be dark. I want it to be a positive thing. You cannot be friends with your employees. I'll debate this with you till the sun, from the sun rising to the sun going down. But let me tell you something. When you hold the thread of their financial wherewithal, you're the one who signs their checks. You can't be their friend. It cannot happen. You can be friendly and you can treat them well. And you can be kind to them and you can have wonderful relationships and a wonderful community and a caring, sharing group of people. And you can be part of that, but don't lose sight of the fact that you cannot be their friend. I've seen many CEOs 
create huge problems when they make decisions based on friendship and not the best interest of their business. And remember, sometimes you're doing someone a favor when you let them go. Sometimes keeping somebody where they don't belong is bad for you and it's bad for them. So good luck and may you have great success in this turbulent, changing environment in front of us. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating discussion with Larry Mandelberg. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.